Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Uh, Brother Ivan Tate has been ministering to me since I've been saved. He doesn't look old enough to, to be able to do that, but it's, it's true. For over 20 years, he's come to King's Cathedral and Chapels. He comes to other extensions, and we got them all locked in right around this time of the year. And uh, I'm so grateful. Every time he comes, people get free. People get healed. Every time he comes, there's a deposit made into the church that's not made at any other time all year long. And people talk about the prophetic word and talk about, my gosh, what that was amazing. People come to the Lord, and it's just astounding. And I, I owe you a debt of love. I just love you and love your whole family, and we love your ministry. We give to your ministry, and we've uh, adopted financially. And, uh, and we'll encourage you to do the same thing. It's not many times that we have someone come who uh, helps orphans and widows. And that is the express purpose of his ministry. He's a great, great man of God. Open your heart. Give him the best hand clap for the Lord, won't you? All right. Thank you, everybody. Praise the Lord. You may be seated for a little bit. Hug somebody if you would. And uh, let's put our hands on that person next to you and say, I, I can't wait any longer. I really need the money you owe me. I need it right now. This is the only reason I came. I don't know about any kind of preaching or nothing. Praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and put that first picture up there. And uh, I want to show you, uh, give you a little testimony. This is one of our gals, Suseli, um, very physically, sexually abused when we got her by her father and strangers as, as well, just grabbing her off the street. And uh, then the judge gave her to us. A few years have gone by now, and she is really, really a genius. There's no other way to put it. She's an intellectual genius. So uh, go to the next picture. And this is her today, Suseli. Yep. When they tested her, they said she can choose any profession she wants. She has no gaps in that. And so last month, my wife and my daughter took Suseli to Madrid, Spain, where she was accepted into the University of Madrid for aeronautical engineering. Praise the Lord. Turn to somebody and say, I can't even spell that. Praise God. <laughs> Isn't that a great testimony? <laughs> okay, put the video on of her. This is her in Spain hi, saying hi. I'm Suseli. I'm here at my campus at the university in Madrid. And I want to show you a little bit of it. Oh, okay, so that's the soccer field. And <laughs> the building over there is the gym. And that's so cool. And then, <laughs> it's really close. Everything is close to where I live. And that's the building, see, where I'm going to be doing most of my classes. And I want to thank you, too, because you have supported me. And thanks to you, I'm here. And I thank God because he's using you to help us and make our dreams come true. Thank you so much. Ha <laughs> ha. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. That is awesome. Woo! 
That makes life worth living, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. Praise the Lord. Uh, but Suseli is, uh, is an amazing. One thing we didn't realize when she got to the university that it's part of the European Union, so they do their classes in English. She had no idea. She happens to be fluent in English, and so she had no problem. Uh, but uh, just God setting it all up. You know, we have 37 kids on that same track for pediatrics. We have one for brain surgery. We have uh, uh, several of our kids just enrolled in law school, architects, all from the sex trade and from the dumps. Praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, Christianity is simple. Take care of orphans and widows, feed the poor, win souls, build a local church. And that's all there is to it. If you do that, you'll be okay. Whatever else you may do, you'll be okay. Praise God. So uh, we just want to say thank you to any of you that may be a part of that. We have raised all of her tuition, which is $12,000, I think $500 a year. That's all paid for. And then her food and, and lodging is about $1,500 a month, and we've raised three-quarters of that. This morning we had three more people. Uh, we need 10 in total. That will give a dollar a day, $30 a month, and then she'll be totally taken care of. So we need about seven more, but I only have three cards here. Um, so, ushers, can you get these from me, whoever you are, and, and if somebody wants to do that, if you want to be one of those people, if you would lift your hand, they'll give you one of these cards. If we run out, go to the back afterwards, and I'll give you another, another card. We have uh, quite a few other orphans out there as well that need help, but we'll talk to you about that later as they're doing that. Raise your hand if you want to help with that. Letters from God, if you're an adult and want to have constant encouragement every day of your life and fight the negativity. If God wrote you a letter every day for a year, what would he say? And this is what this is about. So look up your birthday, and you'll see how that will transform your life. And how many of you have children? Praise the Lord. And you weren't prepared for that, were you? <laughs> Having them was easy. And raising them. Hallelujah. You need Jesus. <laughs> so anyway, so I decided to write this book, Letters from God for Children, for the purpose of reconnecting parents with their children. Because whoever bonds with your children mentors your children. So whoever they are the most emotionally connected to becomes their teacher. And so uh, this, the purpose of this and the way it's done, 52 letters from God, one per week to cover a whole year, and you read that letter to your child every day for seven days, then you have one memory verse for the week on a character trait or a spiritual principle that you as a parent uh, will discuss with them and teach them. Every day of the week, there's one question. If the character trait was love, then... Monday would be, what is love? And then your job as a parent, as non-lazy parent, a non-lazy parent, a non-lazy parent, a non-lazy parent, a non-lazy parent that cares about their child not going to hell, uh, you, would, you would study that, what, it, what is love, and the next day is, how do you love, and the third day, like that. So you have seven questions, they're all there for you. Then you discuss that with your children at whatever age they are. 
And the book lasts for 12 to 15 years, depending on when you start. But by the time they get out, you as a parent know 52 verses, your children do as well, and you've practiced 52 character traits for all those years, you're going to be pretty amazing. But more than that, your, your children will leave weaponized and to totally empowered to deal with anything Satan has to throw at them from any angle, and they would have already learned that, practiced that, and of course, it'll do you good as well as a parent, especially if you do it as husband and wife. And if you're a single parent, you know, as a single parent. So, letters from God for children. Whatever you get, I'll give you a prophetic word on that and so on. Let's keep going now. And to Matthew, if you would, look over there. Actually, go to the book of Mark with me. And let's begin. Say these words out loud to everybody around you. Say these words. Don't let the devil steal your Bible. Say that to a few people around you. Say, don't let the devil steal your Bible. As I say that, some of you will be sitting there without a Bible. You don't have a Bible. There's no Bible in your hand. If you have a phone, you can quickly turn over there. Or an iPad. But you be honest with yourself because remember, great people ask hard questions and answer themselves with hard answers. The only way to improve a thing is to see it fully exposed into the light. And so if you want something to get better, you can't cover it up or you can't hide it. You have to bring it out into the light and let the light deal with it. Praise the Lord. Light being uncompromised truth. And so there's two kinds of truth, ugly truth and beautiful truth. You need both of those in order to have the whole truth. Beautiful truth will make you feel good. Ugly truth will make you live good. When you put both truths together, you get the whole truth, and the whole truth sets you free. It's only when you lie to yourself that you damage yourself. So anytime you believe a lie, or that you receive a lie, or that you tolerate a lie, a form of disaster or destruction is on the way. And so what the devil wants is your Bible. The devil is afraid of the Bible. He is afraid of the Bible coming to life in your life. He does not want you to read the Bible. He does not want you to study it or understand it. And he does not want you to have a relationship with it. Because the devil knows one thing. That the Bible is the key to all of your success in all areas of your life. The Bible holds the answers to all your questions about yourself and about everything else in life. The Bible is the superpower of God living on the inside of a natural human being manifested and giving that person a miraculous existence. When you do not have the Bible in your life, that you're going to be defeated, you're going to be deceived, you're going to be weak, you're going to be sad, you're going to be addicted, you're going to be tormented, and church will not feel like a comfortable place to go. Because remember, whoever you're serving, you feel the most comfortable in their presence. So if you feel more comfortable in a bar, it's because you're tuned to the bar and that becomes your church. So when you go to church and feel comfortable there, it's because this is your home. Your spiritual home of your heart is wherever you feel at home. And so the Holy Spirit 
through the Bible, because of its superpowers that are in the Bible, all the divine attributes of God are activated by the Bible. All the healing powers of the Holy Spirit are activated by the Bible. All your natural prosperity, spiritual prosperity, social prosperity, relational prosperity, mental and emotional health are activated by the Bible. Everything that will happen miraculously in your marriage will come through the Bible. Everything that happens to your children that'll be good for them will come through the Bible. So if the devil can get you to stop reading your Bible and stop studying your Bible and not have a relationship with your Bible, he can defeat you and he can destroy you. Because two people that love God and love the Word of God and minister to each other from the Word of God will never need to get a divorce because Satan will not get a stronghold in their habits. Praise the Lord. When the Bible is in your heart, your language changes and you start talking love language. When the Bible is out of your life, you start cussing more and complaining more because you have drifted from the anchor of your soul and from the stabilizing power that the Bible presents to you. When you don't have the Bible in your life, you will become prejudiced again and biased and perhaps even become racist. Once you are a racist, you're no longer able to go to heaven because there are no races in heaven. Praise the Lord. Turn to three people and say, holla, holla, that's what I'm talking about. The Bible is the power to change your mind, change your emotions, change your motives, change your appetite, change your desire, change your past, change your future, change your, your, your present. The Bible has the power to redefine you, recreate you, and make you a new creature. The Bible has living forces and living life and living power that can change the kind of personality you have. Because as, as you know, some of you do not have a personality. Praise the Lord. Some of you have the same reaction to every event. Your house burns down. Oh, the house burned down. <laughs> they give you a million dollars. Oh, they gave us a million dollars. You don't have a personality. You need the Bible to give you a personality. Praise the Lord. And then others of you have too many personalities. You have many, many, many personalities. Nobody knows who you're going to be on any particular moment, much less any particular day. You're like crazy with personalities. The Bible stabilizes your life. The Bible cleans your life. The Bible blesses your life. The Bible anoints your life. The Bible gives you abilities and powers and talents and gifts that you do not have. The Bible is what Satan fears. And so he's trying to drive it out of the church and he's doing a very good job. If you go through all the research places like Barna and all the other Bible research places, they have very clear statistics that only 17% of people's uh, worldview now comes from the Bible. 83% of Christians' worldview comes from something other than the Bible. In other words, the thing that defines you is your worldview. The thing that places you in divine position is your worldview. If your worldview is off, then everything about you is mistaken. Praise the Lord. 
It is the Bible that drives love into your heart and hatred out of your heart. One day I was hating someone and the Holy Spirit began to talk to me. And do not be shocked by that. I hate people all the time. And so hatred is not bad in the sense that it's not abnormal for me or you or anybody to hate somebody who hurts you or somebody you love. Everybody feels hate. The sin is to cultivate hate, to embrace hate, and to keep hate. But to feel hate is very human and normal. So don't feel bad if you just feel hate. The problem is when you hate people, you do not know. If you hate a person you do not know, you're not going to go to heaven. No, you're not going to heaven for hating a person you do not know. You don't even know them. And if you hate them because of their color, you're for sure going to hell. You're burning in hell forever. You're frying like an enchilada. You're frying in hell forever because you hate people for the color of their skin. It makes me want to cuss. Praise God. But I'm not going to do it because I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with a Holy Ghost. But just understand that I am human. God told me this one day when I was hating someone who had violated a little girl and opened her with a bottle, three years old. So I was hating. And I said, Lord, I don't know if I'm going to get over this one. So I fell on my knees and I said, Lord, I feel like I, I, feel like I, I don't know how to get over this one. And he said, Ivan... Hate is how you make Satan your pastor. So I got over it real quick. <laughs> Turn to somebody and say, I don't care what he says. I need you to pay me what you owe me right now. Go ahead and tell him right now. Say, I don't care what he says. I need you to pay me what you owe me. I'm not here for any sermon. I'm here for money right now. I need my money. Matthew 4, 4 says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of God's mouth. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, I found your word and ate it, and it became the joy of my life. Psalm 1, verses 2 and 3 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He shall bring forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf shall not Wither. Joshua 1.8 says, let not the book of the law depart out of your mouth, but meditate in it day and night and be careful to do everything that is written therein, for then you shall have freedom, success, and prosperity. Praise God. Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of the Lord is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing and dividing between soul and spirit, joint and merit, and is a discerner of the thoughts and of the intentions of the heart. And Colossians 3.16 says, let your heart overflow with the scripture. Let your heart be abundantly filled with the word of God, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual song, and making melody in your heart towards the Lord. You see, what we don't realize is in that Bible is everything you have ever wanted. Inside the Word of God are all your dreams wrapped up right in there. Everything you want for your marriage, everything you want for your children, everything you want for your physical health, everything you want for your emotional health, everything you want for your brain. How many of you have a brain?
How many have ever been told you do not have a brain? Or have you been told you're crazy? Look at somebody and say, are you crazy? Here is the good news that you find from the Bible that you're not going to find anywhere else. You only find this in the Bible. It's good news. And that is this, that if you're crazy, you're crazy right now. If you're crazy right now, if you're saying you're crazy right now, if you're saying you're crazy and God heals your crazy, then you can heal crazy from that day forward. <laughs> Meaning that the world's biggest basket case, once God is done with you, ends up with the biggest healing ministry of anybody, anywhere. That's why we don't have self-pity in Christianity. We know you've been a drug addict all your life. We know some of you have pot in your pocket right now. We know some of you got high on the way to church. That's why you're enjoying church so much, because you're high right now. Say, God, I love this preacher. Somebody had a, you had a hit of whiskey on the way and we love you and we want you here and we invite you and keep coming, drink your whiskey, do whatever you want. But if you get into the word of God, it is going to set you free. It is going to deliver you. It's going to break every chain off your body. It's going to snap it and break it and shatter it and you will get set free. But come on, baby, bring your reefers with you. It's okay. We don't mind. No condemnation. Drink your whiskey, drink your vodka, and drink your Bud Light. But when you step in the house of God, the anointing sooner or later, whether it's today or next week or next year, but you are doomed to victory. Hallelujah. You are condemned to victory. You are condemned to have victory and you're going to have it. You may have cussed out your husband on the way and you're smiling so sweetly and glowing and nobody would ever suspect that you're a cusser. But you are. You threw the finger right in his face. Said, you son of a motherless goat. You told him on the way, but here inside him. Nobody knows what you're like when the lights go out in Georgia. Glory to God. Give somebody a high five and say, give me some money. I'm not getting anything out of this preacher. He's crazy. He's lost his mind. I'm out of here. I want to bud light. We're not afraid of your sin and neither is God. We don't condemn your sin and neither does God. We don't put it down and neither does God. We want you coming to church because the Bible has the life-changing power to convert you into a new creature. All things pass away and everything becomes new because of the power that's inside the Word of God. If you're not having a relationship with the Bible, you're on your way down. You're going to get swallowed up by your DNA. You're iniquities of your mama and daddy and grandparents, all the wickedness inside there that lives in your body in the form of DNA, it'll consume you. It'll eat you up. That's why we don't condemn you because it wasn't your choice to be born to those people. You may love them and respect them, but they may have beat the living daylights out of you. Maybe your father molested you. Who knows what your mom did to you? But it wasn't your choice to be born. That's why there's nothing wrong with you. Huh? That's right. There's nothing wrong with you. Because you did not choose your parents, your family, your color, your race, your anything. That's why everybody is equally priceless. 
because nobody chooses anything. You only choose once you become smart enough to make decisions to either carry on what was given to you or cut yourself from it and choose a higher way, a better way, a life-giving way, a light-directed, light-possessed, light-ruled way. You say, you mean, preacher, we're not condemned for having reefers in our back pocket? No, you're not. Well, praise the Lord. Because we know it's just a matter of time. The love of God will deliver you from anything that's bad for you and anything that could hurt anybody. But you just got to give it time. Give it some time. Just expose yourself to the Word of God. Let the Word of God get in there. Start reading it. Memorize it. I'm going to show you how to have a relationship with the Word of God tonight and on Wednesday. I'm going to show you how to do it. Because if you don't, it will really be a bad journey for you. It will be very hard for you to love God, obey God, and follow God because your DNA is with you 24 hours a day and you got some kinky stuff going on in there. 90% of Christian men are addicted to pornography. No, I'm sorry, 72% of Christian men are addicted to pornography and almost 50% of women. Now, <laughs> that's a lot of kinky going on down there in Georgia. You know what I'm talking about? That's some serious stuff going on. Mm, move on, preacher. Move on. Don't talk about it. Move on. Really, I had a purity conference, and I made an altar call to everybody addicted to pornography. I had 47 couples come forward with children. The children were addicted. Six-year-olds and seven-year-olds addicted. 70-year-old women addicted. I'm not condemning any of you that are addicted to pornography. That's not church. That's not the kingdom of God. We're not some kind of superior, self-righteous, holier-than-thou bunch of bull. We're not like that. But at the same time, we don't want anything destroying you and killing you and wiping you out and wiping your family out. We certainly don't want you molesting your own children because you're motivated by some pornography. We want you to get delivered and set free. It's the house of love. It's the house of mercy. It's the house of deliverance. It's a house of power. We want all the sinners in here. We want every sinner in Alaska to get in here and get saved, born again. But you can't do it without the word of God. You don't have the power and you don't have the ability. You're going down, baby, if you don't get the word of God. And it can't be some, you know, casual meeting once a week on Sunday. You've got to get in it, and it's got to get in your DNA and deep in your cells, and then it starts to recreate you from the inside out. The person you were called to be starts to come out. And then you live without limits and become an amazing human being. Praise the Lord. You're already loved unconditionally whether you change or not. You're already priceless. Already. You don't ever have to change to be priceless to God. But if you want to have self-respect and be a blessing to other people, it takes a lot of transformations. Plural. Many encounters with God. And the encounters come from the word of God. Do you read your Bible? Do you have a Bible? When is the last time you read your Bible? What do you get out of the Bible? Do you fall asleep when you read your Bible? Are you bored when you read the Bible? Because boredom is a sign of a locked Bible. That means you can be saved and be reading a Bible that's locked. 
So you're not going to read a locked Bible more than once or twice because who wants to read something that's boring? But if fire shoots out of the Bible, if fire comes out of the Bible, if bolts of lightning shoot out of the Bible, transforming revelation that changes your identity and gives you superpowers and super abilities, I think you're going to visit it more than one time in one year or four times in one year. I think you're going to have that Bible open at lunch when you're over there at the, at the, at the sushi plate. You're, you're, just, you're having... You're having, a, you're having a rainbow roll. And mm-hmm, go, God, look at that right there. My God, look at that revelation. Because the Bible is alive. It's quick and powerful. It's got living power in there. It'll heal your brain and heal your body. But when it's dead, you're like. Whew. Praise God. Satan wants your Bible because if he gets that, he gets you. He gets you by default. God can only get you by choice. Satan gets you by default, but God, you must choose. It doesn't matter how wicked you are or how bad your life's been. Once you put the Bible to that sickness... The disease is healed in a matter of time. Praise God. Go ahead and hug somebody and say, I don't want to hate anybody. Give them a big hug. Tell the person behind you, I don't want to smoke reefers anymore. Go ahead and tell them. Say, I don't want to smoke reefers. Even though you're lying, just tell them. Mark chapter 4, verses 14 through 20 talks about the sower going out, but one of the phrases there is that the cares of the world began to choke out the word. There's many things that will kill your relationship with your Bible, but I'm going to show you how to have a relationship with your Bible because the Bible is not an ordinary book. The Bible is perfect, the Bible says. We're given all these lists of things about the Bible that is like nothing else in the whole world. The Bible is the most living, powerful book in the whole universe. And it's able to change everything. You must not reject it. You must not put it aside. You must not ignore it. Because once you do, it's like opening the door to all the enemies of your family and letting, letting them get on your children and letting them get on your husband and on your wife. And pretty soon you start doing what you were delivered from. Because you don't have the strength to deliver yourself. You need a superpower inside you delivering you for you. The Bible is said to be perfect in Proverbs 30 verse 50. Unchanging in Psalm 119. Unbreakable in John 10 35. Breathed on by God in 2 Timothy 3 16. Living and active in Hebrews 4 12. Timeless and heaven and earth will pass away but not the word of God. Matthew 24, it is complete in Revelation 22. It's the foundation for all of living. Not one letter shall pass away, Matthew 5, 17. Totally authoritative and the authority of God in Psalm 119. It is the perfect 
undefiled truth, Psalm 119, 60. God honors his word above his name, Mark 16, 20. And God watches over his word to bring it to pass, Jeremiah 1, 12. You see, if you don't have the Bible in you, God has nothing to bless. What does God look for when he's trying to get you blessed? He doesn't look for your opinion or your philosophy or your reasoning or your speculation or your own ideas. He looks for himself. God is the word. When you have the word in you, God sees himself. And God knows one thing. There's only one person in the universe God can totally trust. And that is himself. So he comes to you and he says, where's my word and where am I? And he sees that word inside of you and he says, I partner with that word and God blesses himself and returns the blessing to you. Praise God. All prosperity is going to come from your relationship to the Bible. All health and healing, mental health. Do you know that people that memorize the Bible, the living Bible, not the dead Bible, the, the logos is the unilluminated Bible. It's called the revealed will of God. For example, thou shall not kill. All people who read that get the same interpretation from it. Thou shall not kill. Everybody gets that same interpretation. Muslims, everybody. They, thou shall not kill. It's revealed, unilluminated. But when the Holy Spirit breathes on thou shall not kill... Then this is what it says to you. Thou shalt not kill people in your thoughts. Because the veil is removed. That you can actually be an intellectual murderer in your heart. You can go around just killing everybody in your brain. The Holy Spirit illuminates it. And it's not just about killing people physically. It's also what's coming out of your brain. In your heart you're already a killer. So God has to cleanse that. By his living word. How many have ever hated anybody? Amen. How many have ever been offended by anybody? Hallelujah. How many have certain people you have to stay away from for your own health? Praise the Lord. Some of you have, how many have ever prayed for anybody to just drop dead? Oh, look, only three people. Now we got lying to add to all this. Dear Jesus. I have. I've, I've said it out loud. I said, God, kill him. Kill him. <laughs> Some of you are holier than I am, but I'm the preacher. But you know, when, when something is bad enough, it's your re response. It's, this person needs to be wiped off the face of the earth. It's only when compassion takes over that you're able to see it from the perspective of God. Praise the Lord. So go ahead and hug everybody around you and just say, I love you, I love you, I love you. Go ahead, just tell them I love you so much. Over 80% of Christians have never read the Bible all the way through. And eight out of ten preachers only read the Bible to get a sermon. So a relationship with the Bible is what's missing. Now, if your Bible is locked, 
When you read it, it's boring. You do not feel the presence of God. You don't start shouting and saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that was amazing, that is fantastic. You don't have a burning heart when you read it. it there's nothing there that draws you. You don't feel like shouting or praising or worshiping or singing. You don't feel like writing anything down and keeping it and memorizing it because your Bible is locked. You don't feel the spirit of worship when you read it because that Bible is locked. We got to get that Bible unlocked. Praise the Lord. Don't you want to read your Bible and have fire shoot out of it? Have you ever been in a situation where you didn't know what to do with a person? Like, okay, Lord, what do I do with this person? I don't know what to do with this person. I can't get rid of them. I can't upgrade. I can't turn them in. I'm stuck with this human being. Now, you can exchange some body parts, but that's about it. But you can't, like, trade them in. You need something from heaven. Three things God told me one day. First, he said, when, I'm, when God is ready to change you, he will ask you to do something you hate. When God is ready to empower you, he will ask you to do something you're afraid of. And when God is ready to promote you, he will send someone to offend you. Turn to three people and say, God's really trying to promote me a lot, I'll tell you. If you love that person, you get promoted. If you don't love them, you have to retest. Now, what's killing the body of Christ is the retesting. It never goes away. You get rid of one person, seven replace that person. It never goes away. You're going to have to love those people that offend you or you're going to be retested to death. You don't learn this information other than from the Bible. The Bible, once illuminated, gives you revelation. Those three things I told you are called revelation. They're insight to the perspective and perception and conclusions of God's mind. And once you have the mind of God, you have the harvest of God. Once you have the mind of God, you have the medicine of God. And once you have the mind of God, you have the attributes of God. Hug somebody right now and say, that's an enchilada hala hala. Praise God. Wow, that's got a lot of hot sauce on it right there. If your Bible was a person, what would they say about your relationship with them? Many of our Bibles are rejected laying on the side we must change that if we're to change our future if you ever want to be happy let me tell you that no man or woman on earth can make you happy no boyfriend no girlfriend no husband no wife and no child because God will interfere with your happiness if your happiness is the wrong happiness because he knows that false happiness is temporary. True happiness is when you're totally content without anybody. And from that contentment, 
you shower people with unconditional love. They don't have to be good for you to love them. They don't have to treat you nice for you to love them. Your love doesn't come from an empty place. It comes from a place of completeness. That's why every marriage can survive once the people are getting their love and joy and peace from their relationship to God rather than trying to get the other person to give them what they need. You want to destroy your marriage? Make your husband the source of your happiness. You'll kill that marriage. You want to last as a married couple? Try to make your wife the person that satisfies all your needs. You're going to lose your mind in a few days. Because these are imperfect people not created to be God in your life. Because most of us think we got married to be happy. That is not true. The Bible is very clear. You got married and the person you're married to has a divine gifting to bring the devil out of you. Well, am I right or am I making up stuff? Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, am I telling you the truth? That woman can bring the devil right out of you. You don't gonna get you. They'll say things. You tell them, never say these three things. Never say these three things. Does that really hurt? And then when they get mad, what do they do? The three things you told them. Yes, their job is to get the devil out. You see it, you go pray about it, you get rid of it. Next time they say it, nothing happens, they go, what's going on? What are you all so peaceful and happy about? I don't know, it doesn't bother me anymore. I've got peace in my soul. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lay hands on the person next to you, both sides, and say these words. Say, I command 25 pounds to fall off right now. Boom. Boom. Say it. Boom. 25 pounds right off that belly. Right off that belly. Boom. Shrink them. Say it. I shrink thee. Put your hands on that belly. Say, I shrink thee. Imagine how big my ministry would be if I had a shrinking anointing. They'd be all the way to Kansas from here. Praise God. Come to the meetings. We'll shrink your fat right off your body in the name of Jesus. And if I could put you on TV and stick my hand on that dress, man, that'd be way out there. I'm praying for that gift. I'm saying, Jesus, give it to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got a little bit too too free there. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. The image in the mind is terrible. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You see what he was doing? Religion chokes on freedom, ladies and gentlemen. Religion chokes on freedom. You can laugh about your behind shrinking. It's okay. It's gotten in the way of a lot of things in your life. It's time for some deliverance. Come on, everybody. Wave your hand and say, shrink it off. There is a God. 
all the time I got. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We'll do part two tonight, part three on Wednesday. And whatever happens, do not miss church on Tuesday. You got to go to where? Yeah, make the trip. How far is it? No way. 20 minutes? Eagle River is 20 minutes from here. Eagle, Eagle what? Eagle Pass? Eagle, Eagle River. Yeah, and we're going to be flowing in the Holy Ghost so much. Praise God. Now close your eyes for a minute and put on that music if you would. We close our eyes in church for privacy, not because of a religious thing. Anytime you want to shut out everybody, close your eyes. It makes sense. It's just being private so that God can speak to you about what's going on in your life. Think about it today. If you try to live your life without God's help, you're going to fail. You are not born capable of being happy without heaven. Heaven is the happy part of your life. The more of heaven you get in you, the more happiness you'll have in your life. The more of hell you get in you, the more hatred and anger and unhappiness there will be in your life. Think about what you've been gathering in your life. Have you been gathering war so that you're in war on the inside, you're in a battle inside, and you see people as enemies and threats? Or have you been gathering love and peace and health and joy and happiness and purpose and destiny and direction? Everybody is going to die. Everybody. You cannot escape it and you don't know when it's going to happen. All of us have seen people die in the last couple of years, even last year. Young people, middle-aged people, elderly people. Now you must make a decision. My question is to your eternal, the eternal you. Are you 100% sure that if you died right now that you would go to heaven? Can you say in all honesty, I have no doubt that if I was to die right now, I would go to heaven. Because there's no intelligence in taking chances with something that is eternal. There's no wisdom, no common sense. It's not smart to gamble on eternity. Because once you die, the negotiations are over. This may be your only chance. So you must face the light that is staring at you. I'm going to ask you this simple question right where you're sitting. If you want to go to heaven when you die, 
If you want to be 100% sure and have God give you that assurance, all I'm going to ask you to do right now, right there where you're at, is for you to lift your hand high enough for me to see, and then I'm going to pray for you, and God is going to do his miracle. Look at all the hands going up right now. Everywhere. My gosh, everywhere hands are going up. There, 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 there. Because people are not fools. People know when they're hearing the truth or when they're hearing a lie. If something sounds too good to be true, normally somebody is selling something. I am promising you that you will have a lot of pain, but I'm also promising you you will have solutions for it. Now, everybody that lifted your hand, do it again, but stretch it way up so God can see it. Way up there, way up there, way up there. Way, he's looking at it right now, way up there. He said, if you're not ashamed of me, I won't be ashamed of you. Now, I want you to do this. If you're lifting your hand, I just want you to stand right there where you're at. I'm not going to have you come forward, but stand up right there where you're at right now. Everybody that lifted your hand, stand to your feet. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and we're going to settle this. We're going to settle this right now. This could be nothing. This could mean nothing. Or it could be your life-changing moment. You determine that by the sincerity of your prayer. So let's say it together. Dear Jesus, I want to go to heaven when I die. And I want to live on, in heaven down here. I turn my back on Satan and his plan for my life. I reject the devil's plan for my life. I renounce Satan and all of his power. I forgive every person who has hurt me throughout my life. Even though they don't deserve it. Because I'm asking for forgiveness. So I'm forgiving them. And I also forgive myself and give myself a chance to live the life that you have planned for me. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. Come inside my heart right now. I give myself to you. Write my name in the book of life and give me the power to do your will for my life. I declare that I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to walk every day in fellowship with God and never turn my back on him ever again. I'm going to heaven and the devil is defeated and God is on the throne. Don't sit down. Everybody that's sitting down, would you give them a hand and celebrate their decision? Celebrate their decision that the devil is defeated. God is on the throne, that they're going to live a powerful, victorious life. Now, don't sit down. Don't sit down. Don't sit down because i got to bless you. Stretch your hands out towards me. I now break all the curses that you have lived under and your family has lived under. You will no longer be cursed. You will now be blessed. 
all that has broken your heart, I now command repair to enter you. And everything that has made you sad and crazy, that love and peace will enter your life in the name of Jesus. Stay in church. Go to church. Read your Bible. Be here tonight because I got more stuff that you need. Say it out loud. I'm coming to church twice in one day. It's a miracle. All right. Hug everybody around you. And let me say this one last thing as pastor's coming up. Those of you that give in the offering, it's $1 per meal, and we're trying to get 13,000 meals for the month of July. So God bless you. Merry Christmas. Here's the pastor. <laughs> awesome. Put your hands together for Jesus. Ushers, would you help us, please? All right. The entirety of this offering will go towards what matters. Ministries, Ivan Tate, and helping orphans and feeding the hungry. Amen. I told you. Amazing. Going to flow in the Holy Ghost. Got a great gift of prophecy. You don't want to miss tonight. Could be prophesying over people. I still remember. I remember a prophetic word that Ivan Tate gave me 20 years ago. 20 years ago, Brother Ivan, you called me and my wife out. And you gave me the, the chapter and verse, which I can't remember, but it comes out of Exodus. And you said, if you'll put a fence around your quiet time with the Lord, and, you, and you, you'll read the word and let his presence come upon you and kill anything that tries to come over the fence, I will bless. Exodus 19. I will bless your life. Can I tell you what we did? We put a fence around our life. 20 years ago, reading the word, going to church, loving Jesus. Can I tell you something? I'm so blessed, I don't even know what to do. The prophetic word of 20 years ago, I still remember. Don't you miss tonight. Going to flow in the Holy Ghost. Prophesy, preach. going to be great. Bring a friend. How many of you got a friend that needs to be here? Yeah, you get it. Get on social media. Invite people. Go pick them up. Drag them here. Kicking and screaming. Amen. And as Brother Ivan said, if you're smoking reefer, please come. Amen. If you're having shots of whiskey before church, just keep coming. If you get out of order, we do have a security team and they will minister to you. Amen. Ushers, would you come please? Little addendum. I just wanted to add the little addendum right there. All right. Whoa, what a word. All right, now if you've got chilling, that's a southern way of saying if you have children in our children's ministry, as soon as I close, would you be kind? to go get those and uh, take them home and disciple them. Amen. Resource yourself at that table right there and we want to make room for the one o'clock to come in. Let's uh, let's close and, and bless the offering and then I'll close formally in blessing. Father, thank you so much for the word of God that's been released today with hilarity and freedom. I pray that you would bless your people, God, as they return and they give, say so finances into this ministry. I thank you for the beautiful orphans that we've been supporting for all these years. The fruit that's come forth from this ministry has been far-reaching, even to eternity. I bless the gift and the giver in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go ahead. I want to, uh, as, as the buckets are coming around as you're giving, I want to acknowledge John Duke. John Duke, would you just stand for a moment? John Duke is heading off to, he's an evangelist that's been raised up right from this house. 
here, come around. He's been raised up right in this house, and we're super proud of you. He came in here broken, PTSD, kicked out of, kicked out of counseling, on drugs, suicidal. God set him free. Touched his wife too, Anna. I think she's working this morning, so she's not here. He's heading off, jumping on an airplane, and going to minister and preach on his first evangelistic tour, really in the lower 48, this, right? First time, so he's going to Oregon. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Come on. God's raising up people right from on the inside. It's the way it should be. God's anointing them in a marvelous way, and we just want to bless you. Father, thank you. Use him. Use John. Beyond anything he's ever dreamed or hoped. Use him. Save the lost, heal the sick, and do miracles. Lord, down there in Oregon, God, in, in our church in Lebanon, Oregon, anoint him with fresh oil, I pray, to touch a generation in Jesus' name. Amen. You keep him in prayer over the next week. Appreciate you, John. You know, as before I close, would you all stand? Let me say this. Come on, stand up on your feet and I'll close. You know that just out of this body, just, just this body and the results of the efforts of our egg hunt and uh, John Duke, we're counting those souls up in Bethel that you went, ministered to up there. We're counting them too. And the, the people have gotten saved inside and mostly outside. Do you know that within eight weeks, we have seen over 2,000 people pray the sinner's prayer like, you, like many of you just prayed. Recommitments many recommitments and some first-time decisions. I'm telling you, we're making a difference. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Lift your hands to heaven. Let me bless your Father. Thank you for what you've done today. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.